Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I'm Thomas May, And I'm Zancy Weber. The Craving Creativity Podcast is our cry for help. A way to help ourselves as creatives to talk about how we get inspired, how we create, but also how we deal with stress, mental illness, and everything in between. Now, if you're creative, you, like us, have most likely always been seen as the black sheep of your family and always making different choices than what 90% of normal people might do. Uh, not going for the safe choice, but always living a little on the edge. With the Craving Creativity Podcast, it is our hope to create a safe space where we can talk about being creative. We want to build a community of like-minded creatives and help each other. Subscribe, email us, and be part of the creative journey. Welcome to Craving Creativity. This is episode 12. Zane, we made it all the way to episode 12. It's two more than episode 10. (laughs) I don't know why I keep saying this every time we're talking. It seems very silly. But speaking of episode 12 and silly, um... If you've been listening to our episodes, and if you like it, we are really, really grateful. We're starting to get some numbers back, and uh, I'd ask you, Zane, if it's okay we share the numbers a little bit with people listening. Yeah, absolutely. Because one thing is to create something, another thing is to get reviewed, and a third thing is to people discovering and getting out there. So and we want to thank you for listening to it. If you've listened to us, we're very grateful. And so just put things in perspective, we have... 112 verified downloads. Now, this is after <laughs> episodes. We're doing this on, this is for after episode eight and we're recording episode 12. So we're a little ahead of schedule what's going on. But yeah. so if you are listening, that means, and if you're, if you're one of those few people who've listened to all our episodes, you can see how much a big percentage you are of our listener base. So if you are that, we appreciate that and we're grateful. And we're going to please, 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 please ask you to go and share with other people who you think are creative who would like our episodes. Absolutely. Like I think a lot of, uh, we, we, I like to think that our episodes cover a pretty broad spectrum of the creative yes. sector. Yes. Uh, and I think that pretty much everything we talk about will apply to someone who is creative if you are creative. Yes. Some of your friends. Yes. Um, so specifically, uh, if there is someone in your life that you think is going through something that we've spoken about, be that struggling writing a manuscript yeah. or trying to figure out how to how to put together um, work and creative uh, symphony to <laughs> so let them know they're not alone. We're all being there. We're all struggling. And that's what the show is about. or the podcast is about. So the reason I want to share those numbers and I'll do that once in a while, just to sh- share with everyone how we're doing, because yeah. obviously, first of all, we're doing this for ourselves. Second of all, we're hoping to build a community and that means getting people involved. So if you've been on the fence before about, Oh, someone else will do that. Your numbers, the numbers really, really, really matters. Okay, yep, we have absolutely. very low numbers. We're very happy with them. We would like to get them. <laughs> now, that being said, today <laughs> we want to talk about selling out. And how can we sell out if we don't have better numbers, Thomas? <laughs> <laughs> That's actually pretty funny. <laughs> um, yeah, so I wanted to talk about selling out today yes. because I think 
that it is something that is thrown around a lot at creatives who are successful. Yes. yes. Um, who have managed to have uh, either gigantic success and sometimes just, you know, medium success. They've, they've been... Um, they've been working their whole lives and suddenly they, they have a bit of a break and everyone's like, oh, well, they're selling out. Mm. Um, I think my objection to the term selling out is that it's not necessarily the money that makes it the problem. Um, as I'm just going to put it out right at the top, capitalism's pretty evil, right? But we all live in a capitalist society. We need money yeah. to live and bills. we need money to, and we need to be able to live to create. Yes. The end. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I am a socialist, but I, you, we have to admit that truth in, in that we need money to live. Selling out, I think though, is when an artist professes to one particular uh, either motive or modus operandi and then when money is involved they switch so it's more the hypocrisy rather than the success yes yeah and so selling out is it good is it bad (laughs) is it something one should do when one achieves success look i if you are if you are can gain Millions of dollars, yes, and keep doing the same thing, yes. Why wouldn't you? Yes. If someone comes along and says, "I like what you're doing. Here's one million dollars a year. I'm yeah. going to be a patron of your specific arts." Yes. Don't change anything. Yes. Of course, you you can do it. Um, when it comes to people like Joe Rogan, um, king king of the the sovereign citizens, uh, who's who said, "No, I'll always be independent." Um, I'll always be available everywhere. Uh, but Spotify came knocking with $100 million and now he's Spotify exclusive. Yes. And that has had a really big impact on both his fan base yes. and the people who listen to him who was like, I'm not following you to Spotify. I yes. don't want to be part of that machine that yes. you had been fighting against and now you're literally a part of. You're yes. the face of. Yes. I think that is what's selling out is and that's what people take objection to. Yes. Um, is that because it's not that because he made a hundred million dollars, people applaud that, but it's oh, because he had millions of hundred yeah. millions of dollars to begin with. But he, the problem is that he had some, he, he spoke out some principles, yes, and then he broke his principles, absolutely. Yeah, and by breaking his own principles, his own promises, he's now selling out. Is that the definition? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Selling you, you're breaking your. Uh, the code that you basically set up, especially because yes. he built an audience around these principles, people who had these same principles. Okay. And then he was like, well, in this one situation, yeah, let's just ignore them. Okay. And I, I've never listened, <laughs> I've never listened to him. I listened to him way back when I was starting podcasting because he's been number one podcaster in the world for a very long time. Okay. So, you know, doing something right. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't particularly adhere to a lot of his philosophies and, 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 and thoughts, but I 100% understand the impulse of like, if Spotify came to me <laughs> with a hundred million dollars <laughs> okay. and said, Hey, just don't do anything that you've been doing yeah. for the last 10 years. Uh, I would go, yes, thank you, Spotify, because I too am a slave to $100 million. Of course, who wouldn't be? I I do think, however, we need to have a 
quite higher numbers than that. <laughs> I think we start, started talking about the numbers in this episode. So we've got a way to go before yeah. we get there. But yes. Um, so I think selling out is more of a betrayal of the of your community and of your fan base rather than principles. Yes. Rather than money, Got just, it. just money. Because yep. I think a band can get a contract and still be the exact same band and the exact same, uh, in the, and put out the exact same kind yes. of music yes. without selling out. And they are still making lots of money. They're being successful. They have sold their music to a record company, yep. but they're still creating in the same way and with the same, uh, I guess, themes in their work. And yes. they're not betraying anyone's expectations mm. of what they're doing and what they want. Yeah. Um, the other complication comes with things like the Beatles. Yes. Uh, so the Beatles came to fame with one kind of music. Yes. And then they had this fame and they changed their style of music. Yes. Um, at no point did I, do I think that that was them selling out. It's like... We were making music for one reason. We're still making music for that reason, but there's all these other reasons that we want to make music yes. as well. Um, and I think that is when people use the word selling out, the words selling out very quickly, I think, when selling out is really just you taking, uh, when you call someone a sellout, it's you taking offense or you taking umbrage yes. at them, at a, Perceived betrayal of why you liked them. Ah, okay. Yeah. So, but in this example, you're saying that the Beatles didn't sell out because they just evolved their style yeah, of music. Absolutely. And they just went a different direction. And maybe they, they evolved human away yeah. from some of their fan base. And so some of their fan base thought Got they're it. selling out. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So, well, you don't see them as selling out. That's, I'm just no, trying to make the point. No, okay, absolutely yes, not. Yeah. Though I have, I've read articles where. People were saying, well, at this point in their careers, this is where the Beatles sold out their audience. <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, what? they're not, at no point is an artist obligated no. to keep creating the exact same work over and over and over again for their audience. But had they said that we will never ever use a drum or a guitar and then they go out and do yeah. do branding for a guitar <laughs> or a drum set and they make money that way, that's literally the definition of selling yeah, out. Absolutely. Right? So it's just to get the... The, the definition is right here so we can discuss this in the right context because you're the one who wanted to talk about this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, have you, do you, have you known anyone? Have you been a fan of someone at some point? And maybe that's in your top three list, but have you at some point followed someone or liked someone or been a fan of someone and then they did something where you felt they sold out and said, that's it, I'm out, I don't want to be here anymore? Yes. Yes. Uh, and it is in my top three. Okay. Um, it's not so much that I... I'm not a fan of them anymore. Okay. I view them as this the situation that they were put in is very difficult. They didn't deal with it well and the work suffered. Okay. And they also suffered. Should we talk about top three? Listen, because- No, well, I, I'm happy to talk about this here. Yeah. So I'm talking specifically about Josh Trank. Okay. Um, Josh don't... Trank directed, he was the writer director of Chronicle. Um, Chronicle is kind of a superhero movie. Uh, he was a bit of an auteur. This was his first movie. He was the youngest director ever to uh, o open with like a hundred number one in the box office in the opening week. Um, and he was this new wonderkind of Hollywood. Yeah. And of course, all the studios came knocking. Um, and, <laughs> and, and so that's the thing. Like he, he kind of like with all this success, he, he got new property. He met, uh, he met his wife, uh, or partner. I'm not sure. Um, and yeah, was like being thrown all these deals yes. and like he was lots of changes for an artist at a, at a 
very right. young age. Um, and then he went on to direct the Fantastic Four reboot, um, which he thought was the biggest, the kind of most, uh, the weirdest thing, the mo- most out, out of the box thing that he could do is go attach himself to a franchise. Yeah. Um, and of course, as soon as, I think like, a day before it was released, he went out and tweeted like, I had a great vision for this, but you'll never see it. Um, and basically blaming the the studios for interference and what have you. And then the movie bombed. Um, and so there was this big furor about how, how he had done this, why he had sold out. Um, I... And then so he lost his house, he lost his wife, and and now he's come back and just last year, I believe, released a, a, a movie which is quite well thought of, um, which is Capone. Capone. Uh, your okay. biography of uh, yeah. uh, Al Capone. Okay. So I think uh, that in terms of like he – uh, he was accused of selling out. Um, and by all accounts, he did um, because he his principle was disrupting the film industry. But then the most disruptive thing that he thought he could do after joining it was to not disrupt it <laughs> um, or try to disrupt this big, uh, this big multi-billion dollar franchise um, and then discovered that he didn't have, he still didn't have the, pull to totally uproot the the embedded system that he bought into mm-hmm. uh and then after that and went on to create more work of his own okay um so i think that is a story of selling out where the artist maintained their vision but it was corrupted and then has gone on to create something from that uh he was put in movie jail i believe was the term <laughs> um so yeah i do you have any thoughts in your head about uh people you've liked that have sold out personally uh i, I have some in my not that i personally personally you know felt offended by i just i found three examples and of course we can mm. talk about them but uh, it's a tough one because money is important yep. as you said you're a socialist and 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 we got to pay the bills, right? And we got to provide and we got to, you know, uh, build something so we can be more creative yeah. or maybe less creative, whatever you want to do. But money does give freedom. It also gives concerns and fear and also all the stuff it can give as well. But, 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 but creating something that you are proud of, especially as a creative person, that you then can sell or monetize, whether it's an artwork, a symphony... Mm. A podcast, a, a movie, a book, a comic book, whatever it is that you're creating, but you're creating something. At some point, if you're successful enough, somebody will come knocking. Yeah, It will always happen. So in this case, with your director, it happens, but it'll happen to everyone. So the, the whole, if you're a football player, <laughs> they'll come knocking. You're very good. Will you sell yourself out? Um, um, this is completely off topic, but we just had some of the biggest transfers in the soccer world, football world for you. Yep. Uh, Messi left Barcelona. He's been there his whole entire life. Went to Paris Saint-Germain. It's one of the richest clubs in the world. Is he a sellout? <laughs> you know? Um, it, it's, it's Ronaldo left Juventus. He's now in uh, Manchester United. It, it happens all the time. Um, and the, the question is, is it okay or is it not okay? And how do you, I guess the first thing is, 
can you live with yourself? So can you, can you yeah. look yourself in the mirror, right? What should you do? First of all, you should be grateful if somebody's even thinking of coming to you, right? With yeah. a door knock, somebody's yeah. knocking on your door. And then you have to be able to navigate this. And it can be difficult for a young director in Hollywood when suddenly all the studios come and give them all the attention and all the agents and all the scripts and all the money's being thrown at you to maintain your integrity or at least have the vision you have. The problem with the studio in Hollywood, after I've lived there six years, is that it's a machine. Yeah. And it's a bear. And you're inside the cage with a bear. Don't poke the bear, right? <laughs> I mean, you can be outside the cave. You can do whatever you want. But if you're working with the bear, you got to... The bear has some has some rules. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to survive, you've got you to follow... You give it a fish and it won't bite you. <laughs> if it, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so don't give it something that, that it will bite you for. So it, it's, it's a matter of, of learning how to live with what you signed up for, right? Yeah. The old metaphor, you, you make a deal with the devil and the devil is <laughs> in the details and all these things. It's the same thing. So with one new set of responsibilities, with no, one new set of options, with one new sets of different path, come different ways of thinking and looking at it and analyzing. So yeah. you have to look what's good for you. Absolutely. And I think, and I think that there is, especially in the last, I'm going to say 10 years, I'm not sure whether it has grown or whether the, my awareness of it has just grown is, is this idea of toxic fandom where the fan base of any particular um, vehicle, be, be specifically Star Wars. Yes. Like when every, when any Star Wars movie is released, there is a public outcry about every decision that is ever made because this isn't how Star Wars has always been. Yes. Um, and it's like, well, why do you want another movie that is just the same as the movies that have come before? And I was like, well, that is that is what people want. They want the yep. that old same flavor recycled. Yep. Whereas these artists who define themselves by creating artwork, artwork that they believe in, is somehow is always going to be different than what you've already got before because that is what art is. It's commentary on what has come before. It's the next step. Um, so I think it is always fan fans definitely have a role to play in selling out. Yeah, and I think if someone loses faith in their fans, then definitely taking an action that can that will annoy your fans is. That is definitely an option. But but who's your responsibility? Is it to your fans or is it to yourself? Well, I mean, th that, and that's uh, my point. Like, uh, if uh, you uh, have, if you have fans who are enjoying what you have done, yes, and then they were like, "Don't do anything else. Only what you have done. <laughs> exactly. For the rest Don't of your do life, anything more. Sit, yeah, it's like <laughs> die now, and that's going to be your legacy and yeah. more support. But you can't because you got to evolve. Yeah, you got to evolve as a band. You got to evolve as a film, as a book. You got to. Get to the next level. I mean, and I think that is a great example of someone who handles this kind of fandom well publicly and personally, like I'm not going to get into because I don't know, is Lady Gaga. Yeah. She's always been controversial and yeah. she's always changed and she's always left fans behind if they have, if they've not changed with her. Yeah. And I think that her career path has really benefited from that because now her fans are like, what is she going to do next? Yes. What happens now? Yeah. Um, rather than like, can you just go back and do the same song again? Exactly. Can you just keep wearing meat, please? Yeah. Uh, I don't want to see you in any sequins, no. only red hair now. Yeah. And that sort of thing. Yeah. The, her, her brand is change and chaos. Um, whereas I think we, we, humans are creatures of habit and as soon as 
a creator that we latch on to breaks our our own habit of enjoying their stuff or our principles of yeah. what we think is right and wrong we blame them yeah yeah and it's i think it's fault. it's not always as clear cut no, as that it is not clear yeah. cut as that but yeah so that's that's my views on selling out <laughs> um right. whereas like i think selling out is never just a case of money it's really like what you're what you're doing for the money it's about, yeah yeah it's also I, I think it's for me it's about principles and I, yeah. i'm repeating myself here but it's about if you said you're going to do one thing, you'll never, ever, ever do that. And then you go and do it, then you are, by definition, <laughs> selling out. On- le- uh, that's the thing. Like, if you go and do it and you don't have a reason other than money, if you go and God, do it because, like, oh, I had this personal experience, I yeah. met this person, yeah. and they changed my mind, and this is why. That's true. And now I can access this extra money yeah. because it's not a problem for me anymore. I- I definitely think yeah. that money is part of the equation. Yeah. <laughs> money and principles. Yeah. <laughs> How much will you bend for money, right? <laughs> How much are you willing to endure for so, money? Yeah, I'm very interested in your top three list for this because yes. uh, I've spoken about two of mine. Okay, already. all right. Um, <laughs> I'm sure that, so then we both have one on the same thing. So let me start with that. So the first one I have is, of course, George Lucas. Yep. Okay. So George Lucas built Lucas Arts, a uh, Lucas Film. Sorry, um, at one point had games, THX, the sound, and all this stuff. But he ended up selling the whole thing to Disney for four point three, four point one, four point three yeah. US dollar, a, billion dollars, a billion dollars. Yeah, and that's a that's a lot of money. That's, that's a, a lot of money, chunk of money. That's yeah. a, but then again, was he poor to begin with? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, look. Disney is an amazing machine and 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 also a scary machine because they're so dominating now. I mean they're really really dominating. They're dominating in the box office, dominating in production, dominating in stories, dominating in movies, dominating in books and songs and they they, they tap into so many different industries. Yeah. And they're dominating force in each. Now streaming as well. So no one can be too dominating. We have to have competition and that's <laughs> Going back to capitalism. Yeah, absolutely. But, but <clears throat> giving Disney the rights to Star Wars and then start milking that into uh, that, that universe, which they did, and now they had to slow down because there was a lot of strong fan reaction. Yeah. It was too much, too soon, too little, too... But then the TV show comes along with The Mandalorian. Okay, we can do it that way. So it's all about milking it. But I think that George Lucas literally sold out because he sold his... I don't think he was a great director ever to begin with. I think he's yeah. a better producer than a director. Um, you look at his films. Um, but good on him for creating these universes and good on him for for living something that is such a big part of our pop culture right now. Yeah. My, my question to you is, would it have been less of an issue for you? Like, don't get me started on Disney. Would it have been less of an issue for you that it, when George Lucas passed the IP passed on to Disney. Would that have still been a sellout or would- That would have been a worse, I think. That would have been worse? Yes, I, at least he made a conscious decision. And, yeah. and, and, and one, I mean, four point, <laughs> really? <laughs> I mean, what, what are you gonna use other money for? But that's a different story. But but he built something that people yeah. really did and, and hats off to him. And I think I mentioned this before, but he was the first one to figure out merchandise. Uh, yeah. And he kept the merchandising rights and 20th Century Fox did not. And they only made money on the movie. And yeah. since the first Star Wars release, no movie was ever released without a studio having the merchandise rights. Let's yeah. put it that way, because <laughs> that turned out to be a huge revenue source. And he understood that because he created a universe, a transmedia universe, where everything is different. And he monetized that 
really, really well. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's. I, I assume that there's there's a pretty big tie-in between um, Star Wars and its merchandising and toy sales, and then the literal cartoons that came out just to advertise toys like GI Joe oh, yeah, and, and it, all it, of that. It fits hand in hand, and if you look yeah. at the numbers, all the money's in merchandise. Yeah. Because it's just pure profit. It's ongoing. It's ongoing, and you license it. We yeah. talked about legal before, but you know, a bed sheet with Darth Vader or with Luke Skywalker, <laughs> right? Someone manufactures that, but they pay a licensing fee, and that money just keeps coming because there's no expenses. You have a department to yeah. take care of it, but whereas the movie, you have to go out and create it, which costs a lot of money and a lot of time. So yeah. one supports the other, but it's the merchandise that's really good. So. I want to put him on the list because it's the biggest sellout I can see, <laughs> but in a way I respect him for it. And, and I'm glad that he did it while he was still alive. Yeah, so it's his, it, decision, his decision. Yeah. Not his decision, not his his siblings, his, his yeah. kids or, you know, his wife. Yeah, or, the executive, not the yeah, estate's estate, decision. Yeah, so it's his decision. So I respect that. But I want to put him on the list because it's such a big sellout. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, so mine is probably not, as big a sellout, but yep. just a real total sellout. Yep. Just a total betrayal of their fans yep. and everyone that liked them at all. Um, Millie Vanilli. Um, is it like <laughs> they were they were a very famous act. I remember them. Yeah, and yeah, they yeah. were they're decent musicians themselves. Yep. But they sold out to these record labels who were like, look, we don't want you as musicians. We want you as front people. Yeah, we just you want look your good. faces. Yeah, you look good looking. Uh, so just lip sync. And then when this came out, just like total betrayal, they were banished from the entertainment course, industry. And I was like, yeah, that it's a sellout. And like they were, again, I think victims of this machine that mm. was there to make money from music. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was their selling out and- because it, they got found out, like that is that is it, because it was a secret. Yeah. But you know, there's the manager who did Millie Vanilli was the same manager who did Boney M. Yeah. And Boney M was the same story. They were good looking people, but someone else was singing behind Boney M. Right. So the story repeated. He did it <laughs> twice. Yeah. It's uh, the, the it's music impressive. industry is crazy. <laughs> but it's impressive if he pulled it off yeah. twice. He was still allowed to operate <laughs> after that. but he, Yeah, like that's the thing. Millie Vanilli was the one that got the backlash, yeah. not the manager who did it. <laughs> no, yeah. and also, I mean, Boney M was huge. He is still huge. Yeah. And, yeah. and I mean, he's left a legacy of music that is just so rich. So, yeah, so that's that's very that's very good. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, that's just like, is, that's the one like cut and dried example of selling out. And it's like, you, you totally gave away any artistic license yes. just for the money. And the, and the success. Um, my next one is more of a corporation. Okay. So I'll just go a little bit different. So it's not only just movies <laughs> for me, but um, there's a chain in America called Whole Food Market. Okay. And yep. it's absolutely amazing. I used to live one next to one in one lives in California in Venice Beach. And um, you walk in and there's a wine bar, you know, there's an oyster bar, right? There's fresh food, there's smoothies. They can make these amazing sandwiches and everything's organic. Everything is, is, is a, it's expensive compared to the regular supermarket, yeah. but it's a, you just want to go in. You almost want to hang out, and you don't say often about a supermarket, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. And the owners of Whole Foods uh, were visionary business people, and they wrote a book called Conscious Capitalism. I might have mentioned this before mm -hmm. on different yep. podcasts. And it's a really good book. It's about how can capitalism function and do good? How can we make capitalism do great things. Yeah. And they came up with this principle called win, 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 right? If the customer wins, if the employees wins, if we win, the suppliers wins, the distributors wins, we all have to win. Yeah. Everybody has to make money. Everybody has to make a good deal here. And if everybody wins all the way around, we do good, 
right? And so they wrote this whole book, and it, it's an amazing book, and I read it, and I, and I was blown away by it. But then they went out and sold the whole thing to <laughs> to Amazon yeah. for thirteen point seven billion US dollars. I mean, that's a that's a chunk of money, okay? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they had. I don't know, maybe they had 100 stores, 200 stores. I don't know how many stores they had in America, but it was not everywhere. It was yeah. in select areas. It was upscale. But then they sell out to a company that does the exact, the opposite. exact opposite. There is no win. Yeah, yeah, there's one rich guy that can go to space whenever <laughs> he wants, right? And everybody else is suffering. They have to pee in bottles. Now, I haven't personally worked in an Amazon <laughs> warehouse, but these are the stories coming out of Amazon warehouse. No breaks. You're monitored constantly. Yeah. People go go down because they're being exploited in, in the true sense. They can't unionize. And there's a lot of stuff that I don't agree with. And so these guys who not only found this amazing company that took care of the employees, took care of the suppliers and everybody around them yeah. and wrote a book on their principles on it and then sold out to, the, to a corporation <laughs> that does not respect those values. Now, yeah. that is a sellout for me. And I... Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it hurts me. It's annoying. I would be interested, and I don't think that this wouldn't ameliorate it much at all, uh, to know what they did with the, with the 12 point something billion dollars, whether they've gone on to kind of try to continue that that kind of legacy and philosophy elsewhere um, or, or whether they have just kind of taken that and disappeared to an island somewhere. I don't know. I haven't followed up. Maybe I should check that out. That's true. But I just, just from a principal point of view. No, oh, absolutely. About it. Yeah. Um, and it is definitely a, a great book. Um, I'm a huge fan of conscious capitalism. Oh, wow. Um, so there you go. If, if it, Look, I think that's the only way we can work. Otherwise, okay. it's just going to be dystopia. Exactly. <laughs> What's your next one? My next one is Josh Trank. Um, so Josh Trank made Chronicle and he kind of reinvigorated yes. the kind of found footage film. Uh, it was kind of a gritty superhero, very realistic and but very character driven um, with like this... Uh, this abused teenager who just kind of got these superpowers and so like found this out and then he lost his mother and it was just a real, it's a very tragic tale um, and very self-contained, really well told. And then of course got into the studio system, got crunched up by the machine uh, and came out the other side worse for wear, but kind of still creating. So I am interested to see where he goes in his career, but that was his second step was a real doozy. Okay. Um, a real misstep and okay. he sold out and <laughs> didn't make the best of it. And now he's kind of hopefully going to recover because I do think he has a really unique voice as a writer director. He's a bit of an auteur. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Josh Trank, I think okay. we haven't heard the last of him because okay. he is creating again. Yeah. Um, I've not seen Chronicle. I'll check it out. Oh. It's, it, it's, it is a superhero movie. It's yeah. a, it's a teenage movie, but it is it's very, very compelling. Okay, yeah. I will as always. I'll put the links in the show notes. Everything we're discussing here will be in the show notes. So if you're listening and you want to check out things, the links will be there. Yeah, All right, absolutely. So what's your final one? My last one is, um, and I'm I'm split between a, a rock band and some more film people. So which one should I go with? Uh well, you haven't done a music one yet, have you? No, no. Okay. <laughs> but I can tell from your reaction that you want to do the film one. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell by that. That's a... So you, you do the film one. Okay, so Matrix, the w yeah. w w Wachowski um, siblings, yeah. uh, who back then were brothers and now they're sisters. sisters and that's yeah. a different story. Um, but Matrix is the masterpiece from a philosophical point of view, from an inception point of view, from a who are we, where are we going, what's the meaning of life, and and just enc encompassing so many things that film 
besides being a great action film and a great story and a great hero's journey, yeah. encompasses everything. It does all the marks. And yet, you know, after the success of the first one, which was so justifiable, of course, the studio says, let's make yeah. a second and third one. And they're, they're young at the time. They want to establish themselves in Hollywood. They come knocking with a lot of money. What do you do? Do you, you say, sure, and then make the second and third one, which, of course... <laughs> It just the it first didn't one have the same. No, because the first one is yeah. just it's a different pedestal. It, it's a masterpiece. I think it's 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 a masterpiece. I really do think so. From so many different point levels, from from, from filmmaking, from philosophy, uh, philosophy, just all the way through. Um, and then the second and third one just becomes this big blow up party. Yeah. just honestly, the the dance sequence in the second Matrix is almost certainly on my list of top ten most hated film scenes. Okay. It's like, it's totally pointless. Po- totally pointless. Totally pointless. It's one Coca-Cola commercial. It's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Why are we doing this? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, that being said, um, if they make more ma- more Matrix films, yeah. are will. you interested no, in the them? The fourth one they're coming out. Yeah, fourth and fifth, I believe, right? Uh, I think it's just the fourth. Just the sure. fourth? Yeah. Um, are you interested in going to see it because of your attachment to the first? Or are you... I have to yeah. check it out. I yeah. have to, <laughs> Mr. Anderson, I have to check it out. I have to go see what they've yeah. done. I, they've made films since. They're good. They've made some good films and yeah, some bad absolutely. films. So they're talented. It's just that one is just on a, such a big pedestal. And I think they broke their own principles by <laughs> creating something that was so unique and so visionary, also from a from a graphics point of view and a, from a special effects point of view. But storytelling, it just hit all the marks and this... Second, third, just yeah. I mean, that's the thing. The stakes that were in the first Matrix uh, were because they were so isolated. It was yeah. very restricted. As soon as you opened up the world, yeah, yeah, in the in the second and third, the stakes weren't there anymore. No. Um, so yeah, but that's that's yeah. just my yes. thesis. Yeah. We're getting into analysis of story now. Um, For bonus point, it's uh, <laughs> Rolling Stones and uh, start me up with Microsoft Windows. <laughs> Do you remember familiar with that story? Yeah, yeah. The rumor was it was eighteen million dollars or twenty million dollars. It turned out to be only three million dollars, but. Microsoft in for the launch of Windows ninety five, which of course was back in ninety five, yep. uh, bought "Start Me Up" song to use in their commercials, and that was a bit of a sellout. I think. <laughs> <laughs> it's just my opinion, but again, yeah. three million dollars we weren't expecting. Here it is. Yeah, grab yeah. it. Um, and my final one is Joe Rogan. Like that's yeah. the thing. Like, yeah, specifically said, I will never sell to Spotify. And then he goes and sells to Spotify. It's a tough one. Um, and and then he said, like, no, everything's going to still be available. And then as soon as he was on Spotify, some of his more controversial episodes were pulled because Spotify has that power now. And it's like, yeah, this is... Oh, so I they, don't know how he comes so, back from so this. So they, they put all the library over and then they removed- Yeah, so basically he's only available on... I believe from October he'll only be available on Spotify. Also, his back catalogue. And all of his back catalogue. Wow. Um, and they've pulled his more controversial episodes where he's talking to, like, uh, white supremacists or yeah. problematic politicians yeah. and that sort of thing. Um, and so, yeah, it's like, that's the thing. Joe Rogan made such a big deal and a big yeah. identity about being independent and above all of this a nonsense. A rebel. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And now he's like... So I, and and like now he's a rebel. <laughs> now he's a rebel in a private jet. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. And I I just don't think 
he can never go back to what he was and I don't I just don't see how he can maintain that uh maintain those principles anymore. Okay. Um so it it will be interesting. <clears throat> it will be very interesting the journey that he goes on now. Yeah. Um because by all means he's still very famous and he's still a big influencer especially in podcast circles. But I think this is this will as always is going to change the face of um, yeah, the podcast wars that yeah, are upcoming. Yeah. It's, it's going to limit himself. But what's going to happen in the podcast wars is what's happening in the streaming services, yeah. right? You know, he used to be able to have a lot on Netflix on the DVDs, and they went streaming, and then suddenly everyone else wanted a streaming service. They had to start making their own films and TV shows, <laughs> and so it's it's all about now how many streaming services are there. I mean, there's yeah. just so many. It's endless. Too many. Too many, and you can't subscribe to all of them. So there you go. That was uh, today's episode. Yeah. Saying it's always a pleasure to see you. It's my highlight of my week. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad that we could uh, we could we could set aside a couple of hours. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Um, if you want to get in contact with us, send us an email. Let yeah. us know uh, who you think is selling out and what your price is. <laughs> For uh, selling out. Yeah, well, what's your price? Yeah. Like I know I have a price. I don't know what it is. Um, but, because I don't know what they would ask me to give up, basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's the fine details in the contract, right? <laughs> but like, there's not much that I wouldn't do for $20 million. I'm just saying. Just saying. If anyone, if, <laughs> Jeff Bezos, it would take $20 million to get me to stop bad mouthing you to everyone I ever meet. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, get in contact with us via email. Yeah. Let us know if there's a topic that you want us to cover. Yes. Um, or, or anything, really. We, yeah. we want this to be a community. We want this to be a safe space. Yes. And tell a friend. Absolutely. Tell a friend. Ask a friend who they who they personally resent for selling out. (laughs) (laughs) Saying it's always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.